welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction podcasts is part of module four talc essential skills for effective planning explanations and planning of personalized care it concerns chapter seven how do shared management plans actually become more effective this is a very important issue for all clinicians who plan care with patients the explanation and planning parts of the consultation often receive less attention and time than the information gathering elements Listening effectively to find out about the patient's problems and getting enough information to make a diagnosis is rightly given very high priority by clinicians. The goal in planning care should be one of collaborating with patients to create a management plan that is medically appropriate and also feasible for that individual patient. However, all too often after listening carefully early on, Clinicians switch to lecture mode in the second part of the consultation, telling patients what the problem is and instructing them about the solutions. Perhaps it's no surprise then that many consultations get unstuck when clinicians propose plans for care that patients do not understand, do not accept or simply ignore after they leave the clinic. Sometimes problems arise in the explanation and planning part of the consultation because the clinician has misunderstood the patient's perspective in the early part of the consultation. The module skills for effective information gathering, what differences do a patient's thoughts, concerns and hopes really make, is a very useful chapter to think about here. However, collaborating with the patient to plan the next stage of their care requires the clinician to continue to listen actively, incorporating any changes in perspective that arise when the clinician has shared their thoughts about the problem and what might be done next. Continuing dialogue is a key for shared management plans to emerge, and this means management plans which are personalised to the specific needs of the individual patient. The clinician explains their thoughts and proposals while always inviting comments, responses and concerns from the patient, which the clinician must then respond to. Patients do, of course, differ in the degree to which they wish to get involved in decisions about their care. In emergency situations, or where the disease process tends to dictate the management plan, patients often prefer to delegate decisions to an effective clinician. In some cases, there is only one realistic option. It is still necessary for the clinician to explore the patient's response to any proposals and to have nuanced ways of negotiating through any difficulties or obstacles that the patient identifies. They are, after all, the expert in their own life. During information gathering, the clinician should have already formed an idea of the patient's own significant concerns, their thoughts and their ideas about things and what it is they're hoping for. In other words, the clinician has discovered what matters to the patient, not simply what is the matter with the patient. And that distinction is very important. It can be really easy to ask closed questions when checking the patient's views and saying something like, are you happy with that plan? Which tends to give the answer, yes. 
As in other parts of the consultation though, open questions or open directed questions are more useful and will help to highlight issues that are outstanding. Instead of a closed question, it's more helpful to encourage the patient contribution by asking things like, what questions have you got now? Which might get the response, well, no, not really. Um, and actually, I'm sort of wondering if the new tablets will give a bad re reaction with what I'm on already. Note that when the patient says, no, not really, they're not saying no. They're actually saying that, yes, they actually do have a question or concern. The wise clinician will take note of the hesitation, the word really, and wait for the actual question to emerge. Sometimes a gentle go on is a suitable response to the subtle cue of not really. Sometimes it's worth being explicit by saying something like, when patients say they don't really have any questions, I often find that really they do have some questions for me. What questions have you got? This also applies to a non-verbal clue in the patient's demeanour or tone of voice that indicates they are not completely happy about the plan. Some patients are far too polite to tell clinicians directly that their proposed plan is not workable. There are many useful ideas about how to negotiate effective plans in the reference list given in the written resources to this chapter. Encouraging the expression of concerns and doubts brings problems into the open. Only then is it possible to try and negotiate solutions. Finding creative ways around problems that patients have with management plans brings much satisfaction to experienced clinicians and flexibility to individual needs is highly valued by patients. Is this approach really necessary? Perhaps patients would prefer clinicians who know what to do and get on with it. There's actually a good deal of research in this area which has been elegantly summarised in Skills for Communicating with Patients. The reference is in the written resources that go along with this chapter. To summarise that research though, when clinicians work collaboratively with patients rather than dictating plans, these very useful outcomes follow. Perhaps it's not surprising that patient satisfaction rises but actually functional outcomes improve as well. Patients adopt more health promoting behaviours, they understand their illnesses better and they achieve better self-reported physical and mental health. However, even more significantly, objective measures such as blood pressure and diabetic control are improved when a collaborative approach is used. What happens when clinicians are somewhat uncertain about what to do next? or if the patient and clinician disagree about the best way forwards. Research has shown that a degree of healthy friction in consultations may be associated with increased satisfaction. This is probably because the patient's perspective has been openly aired, discussed and valued. Similarly, expressions of uncertainty have been associated with greater satisfaction because an open dialogue and an exchange of ideas can work better than a paternalistic certainty-based approach, provided appropriate language is used. And that's covered in the chapter called What Do You Do When You Don't Know What To Do? Skills for Discussing Uncertainty. Does all this take a very long time? This is an important question. Clinicians need to take a wider view of what time means. Most clinicians will have had experiences in which the consultation goes round and round in circles with the clinician promote, proposing a plan that the patient evades or rejects. 
Similarly, multiple time-consuming follow-up consultations may occur because the clinician's plan was not carried out by a patient. This may be because that plan seemed impossible. I could never leave my demented husband alone to go to an outpatient clinic. Or perhaps the plan was unacceptable. The tablets contain gelatine which I cannot take for religious reasons. If the patient's perspective has been taken into account from the start, a stronger clinician-patient relationship will be in place and it will be easier and take less time to incorporate the patient's needs into any plan. The examples that I gave there would be quickly highlighted if the clinician simply said, what questions have you got now? Or what response have you got to the plan that I'm proposing? Clinicians who get frustrated by difficulties in the planning phase of the consultation can usually unstick the difficulty by specifically paying attention to the patient's perspective. Stopping to ask, what's your response to all that? Might seem clunky at first, but it's a direct way to identify problems early and move towards solutions. Agreeing a suitable plan of action with the patient is a specialised form of a negotiation and should take both parties' thoughts and needs into account. While the clinician may have expert knowledge about healthcare matters, the patient remains the expert in knowing about their own circumstances, their own values and their own expectations. Bringing these two perspectives together enables management plans that really work for the patient and that also fulfil the clinician's need to deliver accurate, safe and defensible care. There are suggestions for teaching and learning these skills in the written materials that go along with this chapter and there's a comprehensive reference list as well to help you deepen your learning about these important matters. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.